2: and Welcome to episode 237 of Photoground 14, and I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh,
3: and I have no idea what we're talking about this week, and at this point, I'm afraid to ask.
2: (laughs) Your references are off the hook. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. So this week, we are talking about Parks and Rec, but we are comparing it to the old uh, 90s news radio.
3: Yes, usually when there is kind of a comparison that is not like a one-for-one one direct remake. Uh, I'm the one to bitch about it, but I love Parks and Rec so much. Spoiler alert, that any excuse to make Joel watch it, I was like, I don't care what we compare it to. <laughs> I don't. We, yeah, we, we, we
4: came up with the loosest, this loose thread affiliation Midwestern boss type thing with an ensemble cast. Let's go with it.
3: Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Joel has to watch Parks and Rec.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean... Originally, we were going to do, what, Guiding Light? Yep, and Per versus Parks
2: and Rec, and that was, we had a little bit of a difficulty crossing that one over, but, you know.
0: If you have
3: a little bit of a difficulty crossing over, you might find assistance by listening to the shows on the Podcast Collective. All right, Dr. Kevorkian. <laughs> yeah. Such as No Hope for Humanity, Dating Baggage, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, Minton Boxcast, and, of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour.
0: <laughs>
4: I like how you have completely stolen that. Like, I don't even do it anymore. It's all yours now.
3: <laughs> he was running out of juice there at the end. You know,
4: he, he was just hitting the whammy bar a little too much again.
2: Quart low on red, Dad.
0: No That's why I have hairy palms.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, so if you're looking for uh, some more of this on uh, iTunes. And why, and- you. I know, right? Seriously, this is gold, Jerry. Gold. Uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher Talks, you, Podverse FM. Uh, just search us out on the web. You can find us all over the place. And uh, s- a 708 now wrap 708 669 9727. And uh, that's if you want to leave us a voicemail, which we have one. Yes. Hmm. I'll be looking forward to your votes in the fall. Exactly. <laughs> Looks like it's from astute listener Karen. Here we go.
1: Hey guys, listener Karen here. I uh, just finished listening to the bar episode last night. I'm a few episodes behind, so I might leave you a message uh, later if I get to the Tarantino episode today. Um, But the bar episode, I was kind of surprised to hear how many of the same bars we drank at in Forest Park. Uh, I never bumped into any of you that I know of. I am a few years younger, but um, I did, in fact, meet Josh and his wife, Sarah, at a bar. I met Josh at Dollar Beer Nights at Healy's back in probably like 2006 or something like that. Um, When the rest of us were drinking PBR, Josh was paying five bucks for his Guinness, which was funny even back then. Um, but I think I probably did most of my drinking with Josh at Haran's on karaoke nights. Uh, and I met his wife, Sarah, at a party at Carol's. Um, Carol's was definitely one of my favorites in Forest Park. Uh, sadly, Carol did sell the bar. Uh, her and her husband moved to Las Vegas. And it's pretty much still the same, but Josh, I'm sorry. They no longer sell beef jerky behind the counter, which is a bummer. I know. Uh And correct me if I'm wrong, but Josh, didn't you and Sarah have a party at Carol's like the night you got married or, or something like that, or maybe that was Bobby and Ray. I can't remember. It was like 10 years ago. So it's a little foggy, but uh good times at the bars. Definitely. Um, this episode really kind of makes me want to go throw darts at the beacon, but huh? it also kind of reminds me that I'm pretty lame because I don't think I've been to a bar now since November, and I think that was for a wedding party. Uh, so yeah, ugh, adulthood.
2: She's good. I don't remember ten days ago. Yeah. <laughs> Why would
4: you throw darts at the beacon?
2: Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you got to knock it out, and they're more
3: aerodynamic than rocks.
4: Uh, it was nuts,
3: Sarah and I after we got married because uh, Sarah and I, I think we hung out with my dad like he took us out to dinner and the only official wedding photo we have is actually a World of Warcraft screenshot. <laughs> it's wow. true. That's... My character, my orc is in a tux. Her undead is in a wedding dress. That's but fantastic. We, we took no pictures and
2: I don't think saw anybody else except my dad that day. That's amazing. You know we should have an we should have a forty going on fourteen event at a bar. There's no way that can go south. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can we get Andy Rick to come?
2: I'm sure we could. Wait, Andy Rick?
3: No, Indy Rick. No, oh, Indy Rick. I thought you said Andy Dick. <laughs> we, we, oh.
4: find, we could probably get both of them. <laughs> yeah,
2: Andy, you know, please, can I come with? I'm not doing anything.
4: All you got to do is promise Andy Dick cocaine and penis, and he'll probably show up.
2: I got that the cocaine. Question. Joel
3: has
0: a penis. (laughs) I do. I I just had to get in there right there. That's what she said. Ayo. I've got Andy's dick in a jar.
2: And it's about that time. Yeah. Wow. This
1: week in music, movies, and TV.
2: That's all. That was a, that was kind of sad and sports, Joel. But
0: I know I'm a little <laughs> upset at
2: myself. I'm upset at you too. Sports. So we are going with March 25th, 1995. That was when the pilot of News Radio aired.
0: All right. So music. The number one song in the land was "Take a Bow" by McDonough.
2: I don't recall that song. I'm a pretty big
3: Madonna fan, and I only vaguely remember it.
4: It's one of those that you guys would know if you played it.
2: I'm sure.
0: I hear a keyboard.
4: Yeah, I know he's doing it. um, Yeah.
2: we got to kind of do it. Oh, it's got a bull. Oh, I remember the video. It had a bullfighter in it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, and... I don't recall any of this. I'm going to skip ahead. That sounds vaguely familiar.
4: It's the chorus that you would recognize it.
2: Yeah. No. I'm I'm good with not remembering that.
4: Yeah, (laughs) it's a very average song. Kind of like you. I'm an average song?
2: No, you're average. Am I a song? Song Song Blue
0: i'm trying to think of any songs with patrick in it but i can't think of any there's a reason for that so on march 23rd the beatles released their self-titled album wait
2: what that's not even close October. (laughs) what what are you reading how can you be the one that doesn't drink smoke or do drugs and not get all this right
0: oh it's because i don't drink smoke or do drugs (laughs) (laughs)
2: On March 23rd, the
0: Octobers. (laughs) (laughs) Let me start over. Okay, so on March 23rd, the Beatles released their first album in decades, a four-song live recording of some old, hard-to-find standards. The single, Baby It's You, with late John Lennon as Lean Singer, is released from the album and hits number three, becoming the first Fab Four single to hit the top ten in more than 30 years.
4: Huh. I don't remember this. Yeah, it was all four uh, live versions of songs. Huh. That's all right. They were actually recorded in the 60s, but they released them in...
0: Hmm. That's cool. And not in October. Um,
4: Not self-titled either.
0: Now I'm stressed that I'm going to mess up again. Uh, Norman Schwartz, a concert manager and record producer, (laughs) died on March 24th of prostate cancer and was absorbed. Schwartz held degrees in music and accounting from Juilliard and NYU. In the 1970s, he turned to producing records on his own label, Sky and Griffin, with artists including Lena Horne, Mel Torme, the Velvet Frog, Michael LeGrand, Woody Herman, and Buddy Rich. He also recorded the 1973 Newport in New York Jazz Festival with Aretha Franklin, Stan Getz, and Ella Fitzgerald, among others. Six of his recordings won Grammy Awards.
3: Hmm. And that is all much funnier if you imagine it was actually Norman Schwarzkopf. <laughs> Way to... A-
0: Eric Lynn Wright, better known as the his stage name, Easy E, was an American rapper who performed solo and in the hip-hop group N.W.A. Hmm. Wright is affectionately called the godfather of gangsta rap. Raised in Compton, California after dropping out of high school in the 10th grade, he supported himself primarily by selling drugs before founding Ruthless Records and becoming a rapper. Arabian Prince, Easy E, Dr. Dre, and Ice Cube formed N.W.A. after DJ Yella and MC Ren joined the group N.W.A. NWA, released their debut single, Panic Zone. In 1988, they released their most controversial album, Straight Outta Compton. The group released two more albums and then disbanded after Easy released Dr. Dre from his contract. Easy E died on March 26, 1995, after a brief battle with AIDS. And hmm. he was absorbed, motherfucker.
2: Well, this is really a great start for the twee.
0: A lot of death.
2: I know, right? Pat. I told you it was a tough week to find stuff.
0: Oh, what are you doing to me? Okay. Uh, Okay. On March 31st, at 23 (laughs) years old, Selena Quintalina Perez, Mexican-American singer-songwriter known as the Queen of Tejano Music, was shot and killed. Her assailant was her former personal assistant and former fan club president, who had recently been fired for embezzling money from the fan club. And Selena was absorbed. Hmm. Dude, Pat, are you okay? <laughs>
4: <laughs> like I said, you no know, death is always the easiest thing to find. When
3: you... I suppose that's true. Yeah.
4: All
3: right. For movies, the number one movie in the land was Outbreak.
4: Where everybody died.
3: Yes. Yeah. Seeing a theme here. <laughs> On March 27th, the 67th Academy Awards, Jessica Lange and Tom Hanks won, and Forrest Gump won Best Picture. And
2: they all died.
4: Tom Hanks is not dead yet. You bite your tongue.
0: I love you, Jenny.
3: Movies released this week included Dolores Claiborne, Major Payne, Tank Girl, and Tommy Boy.
0: It was a different time. <laughs> it really was.
2: <sighs> Tommy Boy.
0: It's a great
2: movie. Oh,
4: so funny.
2: Mm-hmm. I think my favorite scene in that is where he's sitting on the bench out in front of the in front of the office building, and it collapses. <laughs> And I could have done without that.
0: (laughs) And of course, it ties in nicely with this week's show since uh, Mr. Rob Lowe was in that film as well.
3: Uh, Ah, Yeah. And we've also got former SNL superstars who died at the peak of their
0: career. Mm -hmm. That was literally the saddest thing you've ever said. I can top that.
2: (laughs) Is this how the rest of the show is going to go? Because I got to write some stuff down if it is. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, this is going to be a depressing episode if it continues like this.
2: All right, so uh, TV. <laughs> uh, the top shows in the land are ER, Seinfeld, Friends, and Caroline in the City.
0: One of these things is not like the other. ER. I was thinking Caroline in the City, but.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would actually say ER is the most different in that list. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but it was a good show.
2: Caroline in the City. ER. Oh. You don't wait. You don't like Seinfeld and Friends.
0: No, I'm, I'm not playing this game.
2: All right. So Hugh Edward <laughs> Ralph O'Connor was the son of actor Carol O'Connor and was known for his role as Lonnie Jameson in the acronym of the week, which is holy crap. I-T-H-O-F-N. I'm pretty sure that's Italians take hats off Florence Nightingale. Huh. Sounds like a <laughs> documentary. Yes. Uh, Why are
4: they picking on Florence? Oh, it they're just game? taking
2: her hats.
0: Isn't like, that a game on Steam?
2: Take, it could be. probably is now. Taking a hats off Florence Nightingale. Sneaking yes. up on our mid-surgery. Hey.
0: <laughs> That's a great idea for a
3: game. <laughs> It's-a me, a stereotype. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is uh, In the Heat of the Night. No, oh. We're close.
2: All right, so uh, it's known for that until his death. Oh, there's a the surprise by a self-inflicted gunshot on March 28th. Absorbed. Ah, so shows that premiered this week were Sliders, Happily Ever After, Fairy Tales for Every Child.
0: Man, you were digging.
2: That that was the one I almost turned on the acronym of the week, too. Oh, my God. And uh, The Outer Limits.
0: I've never even heard of that show, Happily Ever After, Fairy Tales for Every Child.
2: It was an HBO show.
0: Is it a kid's show?
4: I really don't know. All it said was HBO.
0: Huh? I. I know Mike's looking it up, but. It was
4: actually an early precursor to
0: Taxi Cab Confessions.
4: (laughs) 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 Fairy Tales for Naughty Children.
2: Yes. Narrated by Robert Guillaume Benson. Neat. Uh, Was it a
0: kid show, Mike? What's that? Was it a kid show? Yeah. HBO. That's interesting.
2: Like Rapunzel is a tale is told in the bayous of New Orleans featuring the voices of Tisha Campbell Martin. Whoopi Goldberg, Meshesh Taylor, Hazel Goodman, and Donald Fuller, and Tico Wells. What? Hmm. They, it's like they they put all these, these stories into different places. So Rumpelstiltskin is set in the West Indies. Wait. In the West Indies with an old Caribbean and Jamaican twist. Featuring the voices of Jasmine Guy, Denzel Washington, Robert Townsend, Roscoe Lee Brown, and Sherman Hemsley.
3: Nice. Yeah. I actually um, think
2: I want to see this
0: now. I'm looking at it. It ran for five years, total of three seasons, and it's very confusing. I don't know. Cinderella
2: uh, gets a Latin twist featuring the voices of Daphne Zuniga, Liz Torres, Edward James Olmos, and Jimmy Smits, and Raquel Wells. Nails,
4: How confusing can it be?
0: Talking to me, remember?
2: That's
4: true. Good point.
0: I, just, I made a point.
2: Joel's all like, like, the house is made of gingerbread? what (laughs) pinocchio speak okay see here we go the the pinocchio featuring the voices of will smith chris rock dela reese red fox no barry douglas as red the fox oh that's funny they put r-e-d-d um charles s dutton garrett morris if that fox doesn't call somebody dummy at some point. I'll be very upset.
0: This really sounds like it should be an adult show for kids, like a cartoon for adults though.
4: It might be. It, it might be like one of those uh, adult fairy tale type things.
3: I don't think it is. I think it's just uh, telling the fairy tales from the perspective of not just like Eastern European white people.
0: Well, how Spish- dare they?
2: <laughs> All right, Texas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, Thumbelina? I, I agree with Josh looking at the like the uh, screen caps from it.
2: So huh. Thumbelina featuring the voices of Rosie Perez, Harvey Fierstein, Bronson Pinchot, Antonio Sabato Jr., Cheetah Rivera, and Edward James Olmos again.
0: They've got a wrapping episode of Mother Goose, and Mother Goose looks like Whoopi Goldberg, so I'm guessing that it was Whoopi Goldberg. Huh. Now I'm going to look it up.
2: Edward James Olmos shows up a lot on this. Well, he's not doing much else. Well, at least not in the 90s. And was it before he started doing um. Long before. Battlestar Galactica? Oh, yeah town musicians featuring the voices of George Clinton, Gladys Knight, Jennifer Lewis, Dion Warwick, Brett Jennings, and Marlon Wyans. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. This is crazy so, pants. I, I could... yeah, yeah. The Empress's Nightingale is dedicated to the memory of Phil Hartman. Nice. September 16th, 1999.
0: Here it is. Mother Gooseberg was played by Whoopi Goldberg. I was right. I'm just amazed at all the voices they got on.
4: Apparently, this. apparently, apparently, let's do a show about this. Jesus, yeah, you guys well, are captivated.
3: If if only someone who had something to say about sports were to jump in.
4: <gasps> I'm sports. waiting for the topic. For the topic to get off of this show, like you guys are entranced. We, I don't. I don't. don't want to stop this this train a rolling. I guess.
0: Pat, it's like somebody's holding up keys and jangling them.
4: <laughs> all right. Well, moving on to sports. <clears throat> On March 23rd, Robert Turner, winner of the first All-American Soapbox Derby, died at 72 years of age.
2: Uh, Robert Turner. Absorbed. We hardly knew
4: him. Softly. On March 25th, Mike Tyson was released from prison after three years. And died. No, he went on to beat the shit out of some dude in the ring.
0: He was not absorbed.
4: That I bet $100 on because I figure, how often are you going to get 28 to 1 on somebody? And they might get a lucky shot in. He did not. He got his ass. Yeah, I was gonna say your
3: gambling instincts have remained the same ever since.
4: <laughs> that hundred dollars just disappeared.
2: He's due. He's due.
4: <laughs> I'm just like you know, on the on the off chance that he he lost a little bit of his edge in prison, and this guy gets lucky, and you know why not take a twenty eight to one shot? Oh, okay, I just threw away that hundred dollars. Awesome.
2: Yeah, that's to because... shreds, you say. Because <laughs> that's what happens: is people lose their edge in prison.
4: Right. <laughs> No, he came out and just pretty much destroyed that man. uh, In in like a, a, it it was done in the first round. It was ugly. Kid Joe. He destroyed him so bad. I can't remember his name. He beat his name out of my brain. That's how bad it was. (laughs) He
3: knocked him out of the space time continuum. (laughs) He no longer ever existed.
2: (laughs) Who are we talking about?
4: <laughs> like suddenly yeah, a wormhole just opens up in the middle of the ring, sucks the guy. Whoop, gone. Ah!
2: <laughs> Rick pops out, grabs him, pulls him in. <laughs> <laughs> all
4: right, moving on. Um Mashantaland beat Mashonilan U twenty four by one hundred and sixty five runs to win the Logan Cup on March twenty sixth.
2: And they all died. Classic rivalry. Yeah.
4: Which team do you support?
2: Mashanaland ding dong.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm go way back supporting Mashanaland.
4: <laughs> Tony Locke, English cricketer and left arm spinner who took 174 wickets for England, died at 65 on March 30th.
0: He was absorbed. It's this is out of control, Pat. I think this is a new Fine. record.
4: <laughs> Finally, lastly. In the midst of a baseball strike, the first MLB game is played at Coors Field in Colorado on March 31st. The replacement Rockies beat the Yankees
3: 4 With times. baseball bats. They all died.
2: <laughs> wow, this is dark. Josh has an original Mishan jersey. Yeah. I, I have it on good authority. I've gone on record
3: as being a Machinalon supporter.
4: <laughs> Mishan do or die.
2: Yeah, I will not have it said otherwise. Uh, take us out keyboard joel i don't know where we're going with this anymore
0: no 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 no
2: all right so news radio um workplace sitcom explores the office politics and interpersonal relationships among the staff of wnyx news radio new york's number two news radio station has beleaguered news director dave nelson tries to get tries his best to manage his staff but I it, have vague recollections of not having
3: liked the show very much. Really? And I kind of believe that I never gave it its just due. I, I stand by my statement that Andy Dick became the Steve Urkel of news radio. I'll have to agree with you on that.
2: But, yeah, well, well, we'll let's, let's get into the writers, or at least the actors. Yeah, so this is starring Dave Foley, who um, you may remember from Kids in the Hall. And I do remember him yeah. from Kids in the Hall. Yeah, was he the? He wasn't the crush your Head guy, was he? You know, I can't recall who played what in all those skits. Those were also collaborative. Yeah, they were all over the place. Um, so yeah, so Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall, Stephen Root, uh, known by uh, known to everybody else is that guy with the red stapler. You know, he was Milton in Office Space. If you don't know who he is, uh, also Gordon in uh, Dodgeball.
4: He's played oh, yeah. a ton of good roles. He, he was on um he played a good character on uh True Blood as well.
2: hmm Yeah, he's he's a very low key but very good actor. You know, he's a like,
4: chameleon, yeah.
2: Yeah. He yeah, he really is. And that's one of those things like when I tell people that he's a, you know, that know about news radio that Stephen Root's the same guy as Milton, and they're just like, Wait, what? And, yeah.
4: Then if you tell him he he's um also Boom or not Boomhauer um uh on King of the Hill he plays uh Bill.
2: Oh yeah. Well he plays yeah he plays a couple of different characters on King of the Hill. But um but yeah he's uh he's like uh oh, crap I just lost his name. Who's the guy who played uh Commissioner Gordon? Oh Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's like a comedic Gary Oldman. Yes, very much so. You know, you don't know he's there until you're laughing and then you're like, "Oh my god, this is the same guy." So Still doing stuff. He's got, you know, some uh, 2018 movies that are coming out. Been in a couple TV shows pretty uh, standardly. Uh, Andy Dick. Known uh, for being Andy Dick. Yeah. Now, I open up Andy Dick on IMDb. It is He's known for Road Trip, Employee of the Month, and Inspector Gadget. So, yeah. Go, Andy Dick. Yes, go. Away. <laughs> Maura Tierney. Am I saying that right? As oh, yeah. Maura Tierney is Lisa Miller. Uh, also on ER, Liar Liar. Um, if you've ever seen Insomnia, she was on that. That was fantastic. Vicky Lewis as I Beth. I was going to say, Maura Tierney for a long time. She was like the heartthrob actress that somehow flew under the radar. She well, was on a ton of stuff. Let's see. Well, The Affair, The Good Wife. Yeah, she's a lot of TV uh, she mm-hmm. was also on Rescue Me, which was really a great show. We um, had a lot of a lot of movies up until like mid mid two thousands, then she kind of flipped straight over to uh, to TV. Uh, Vicky Lewis as Beth, who uh, is doing something now called extracurricular activities. So, also known for she was Deb in Finding Nemo. Who's Deb? Ah. Uh... I think Deb slash Flow was
3: the crazy fish talk that talked to its reflection.
2: Oh, that's right. So Finding Nemo, uh, Mouse Hunt, and the 1998 Godzilla. This was the top three on her IMDb. Joe Rogan, known for. It's
0: sad because I
4: like her. What's that? I was that? I, I said, which is sad because I liked her on this show. She was one of the few characters I really liked. Beth.
2: Yep. Yeah. I like, well, I mean, uh, and I'll say it again, I'll say it later on in the show, too. There's several, I mean, often I'll like the character, but I don't like the actor.
3: Well, I kind of think Vicki Lewis is like the uh, less annoying Kathy Griffin.
4: For sure, because I I actually thought Kathy Griffin was on this show, and I was not looking forward to it. And then I realized, you know, halfway through the pilot, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not Kathy Griffin.
2: Nope, that's got to suck.
4: And then I was like, oh, I'm thinking of Sudley Susan, and then I was happy again. I was like, okay, I don't have to watch Sudley Susan, yay.
2: How many how many points in your life have you been where I have to watch Suddenly Susan?
4: More than I care to
2: count. But not more than you can count. Correct. So less than four.
4: <laughs> the answer is two.
2: <laughs> I would have three nickels. Um, <laughs> Joe Rogan is Joe Gorelli in 96 episodes. Joe Rogan, if you don't know who Joe Rogan is, you need to get a, just type in podcast and he's going to be at the top.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, you're listening to a podcast, you know who Joe Rogan is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I had absolutely no idea that he was in this. I, me either. I completely forgot. And when he, when he came out the first time, I, I had to pause it because I initially didn't recognize him with hair. <laughs> but, uh. And, and
4: no tattoos.
2: Yeah, no tattoos and not screaming and, well, he was screaming a little. But, uh, yeah, so Joe Rogan. Uh, next, up, uh, Phil Hartman. Moment of silence. Uh,
4: It'll be funny when you edit that out by accident.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, note to self. <laughs> Fix it in post. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you put it in a moment of silence. There was absolutely nothing on the show for the next 45 minutes. Um, so <laughs> Phil Hartman is Bill McNeil. Phil Hartman, uh, uh, let's see, he was on Saturday Night Live. He was in, in News Radio, so I married an axe murderer. Um, Third Rock from the Sun. He was on that. He Troy McClure, Lionel Hutz, Bill Clinton, all for the Simpsons until. Uh, oh, and he was also on. <laughs> he was also his very last uh epi- last thing he ever did was happily ever after fairy tales for every child. Are you <laughs> serious? Yeah, that the Empress's Nightingale was the last thing he ever did.
4: That's a nice little tie in.
3: Yeah, it must have been on break in between seasons for news radio. Had to have been. Yeah, because I I remember uh, that was one of the other things that left a negative impression was when he died and was replaced by John Lovitz. That's kind of a terrible swap. Yeah, but they were best friends and uh, the the cast was just like, well, I guess we all want to do it. And John Lovitz was Phil Hartman's best friend. Uh, It wasn't the
2: same, but they I don't think any of them were sad that they did it. Okay, that'd be like Pat or me dying and the other one stepping in and filling in for him. That'd be strange. That would be strange. I don't know if... Pat, don't die. I don't want to have to fill in for you. I make no guarantees. <laughs> All right. So, also, Condi Alexander as Catherine Duke. Yep, another ER veteran. Hmm. CSI Miami now. Uh, scandal. Yep. Yep, she's on that. And been on that for a long time. Uh, last big movie, she was in something called Patriot's Day as the interrogator. All right. So have any of us seen this for the first time?
0: Oh, I actually watched it when I was on originally.
2: Oh, Oh, you know what? Ike, I'm sorry. My blank. I completely blanked out. I forgot to do the trivia. So the filming of episodes 5.1 bill moves on the first episode filmed after Phil Hartman's death, uh, had to stop several times during due to cast members starting to cry.
3: Yeah, I, I don't know if any of you, anyone else read the complete oral history of Parks and Rec, but it uh, kind of changed my perspective on this show and just hearing where they all were when they found out Phil died and how important he was to the show. Yeah, I, I
2: can only imagine it. It wrecked a lot of them for months. And you know what? It wasn't even if like he he died in a normal way, you know, right. if he got sick and died. There would be some sort of closure because there'd be, you know, he was sick. You actually know what's happening. But for those of you that don't know, Phil Hartman was stabbed to death by his jealous wife shot in his sleep. Oh, sorry. In that case, but it was by his wife, right? Yes. So I, got, there, I got that part a, right.
3: There was a story where several of the cast members, like months before it happened, were at a party at their house and saw both of them. Like all of them knew that the relationship between Phil Hartman and Bree was not good, but no one thought she'd ever do that. That's insane.
0: Yeah, that was. I remember when that happened. That was such a.
4: She she had a she had a history of drug abuse and a history of uh, mental uh, instability. And uh, there's that. Well, are we gonna go in? Do you really want to go in all of it? I mean.
2: Well, we've been wallowing in death for the entire uh, show so far. (laughs) Um,
4: Yeah, that's true. Um, John Lovitz and Andy Dick actually um have a big falling out. The last time they ever had anything together, John Lovitz punched Andy Dick in the face oh. <laughs> um, because uh, he blames Andy Dick for, for, for Phil Hartman's death because Andy Dick is allegedly the one who sold cocaine to uh, Hartman's wife when, uh, at, a, at a party that they were all at, because they went to the bathroom together and then came out and she was high. And apparently he gave her more, you know, he gave her some to take home and she got high and shot her kids and shot Phil and then shot herself. Wow.
0: So this is a comedy show we do, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> this
4: is, we try we're talking pe-
2: about two comedies. Yeah. So it's a good thing that you made the uh, tweet so lighthearted, Pat, because. Uh,
4: well, I didn't want to start us off on a dark note.
2: <laughs> Mission accomplished.
4: <laughs> I succeeded at that as well.
2: <laughs> All right. So the, the cast of News Radio was banned from the SAG Awards after one appearance because of their bad behavior. They took their shoes off. Woohoo! Stole wine off of other tables, ah, and Andy Dick allegedly asked for Helen Hunt's autograph on his penis. As you, As do. you do, and she—that's nah. <laughs> funnier than most of his career. Yeah, so. and she just wrote HH. All right, cool. I'll if just you want to find? Let that one sit find there. Andy
4: Dick's penis. Go to Helen Hunt for it.
2: No. What? I have what? N- I have no idea where we're going with any of this anymore. Uh. So, and the show was on the brink of cancellation every season. Rightfully so. Yes. Because every time people are like, what the hell is going on here?
3: Well, apparently there's a story behind that as well. The vice president of programming apparently fucking hated this show and (laughs) kept moving it around.
4: Just use it as a plug in?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, they would uh, get to a point where they would build their listener or their audience base on a particular night and he'd (laughs) shunt them to a different time slot and the show just wouldn't die. Huh. Because I remember watching this all the time.
0: Yeah, same here.
3: Yeah, that honestly, they, a lot of them were pretty bitter about it because uh, it was very, very different from the other formulaic sitcoms of its day, and a lot of them believed that if they just put it on after Seinfeld, it everything would have been different.
2: Okay. That I don't know. I the thing the thing is about this show is that it's so. I mean, it it's supposed to be this formulaic comedy show, but it's it's completely not. I mean, it's almost kind of Simpsons-ish, where you what you wind up in the first five minutes of the show has absolutely nothing to do with whatever happens to the rest of the show.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a little off from Friends or anything else that was on at the same time. A well, little
2: smarter, a little weirder. Well, and I think a lot of that had to do with the cast. Absolutely. I mean, none of these people in, in the main... It's like you took all the quirky side characters from all the other sitcoms and put them into one main show. You know what I mean? And plus, the studio was pushing
3: for them to do the Sam and Diane thing with the two mains, and they had them uh, get into it, sleep with each other in the second episode.
4: Yeah, and i got to be honest with you, I did appreciate that, because I was like, you know, when I first started, I'm like, oh, I'm not in the mood for another will-they-won't-they <laughs>
0: No, you know, they, they kind of. They
4: just settled in it right away. It's like, oh yeah, they will. They're, this is a relationship. I was actually kind of relieved. Yep.
0: And then it was a little kind of will they, won't they, but not in the same way because they broke up in season two and then got back together.
4: Yeah, I mean it was very, very brief. It was, it was much more like an actual relationship than a, a TV relationship in that sense. Because sometimes in a real relationship, you know, you do, you know, take a little bit break, and then you realize, ah, hell. Let's get back together.
0: Sometimes. Yeah. Nobody, um,
4: else, nobody else will have us. Let's try this again.
0: <laughs> That's, that not that the title of your autobiography? <laughs> um, well, and it started out being really, I, you know, I felt like it was smarter and it, it struck me really funny for the, in the first season. And then when they kind of started to find their groove and they decided that Andy Dick was going to be the constant one who's taken Pratt falls, I, I kind of, that's when I started to tune out a little bit, because I'm like, you guys had something interesting here, and then you decided to kind of, I don't know, it started to get really repetitive the further you get into it. Well,
2: that's what happens when you rely on Andy
0: Dick. Well, and he had potential, I mean, initially, and they just kind of they kind of misused that, I thought. Well, eventually, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just saying, not that he's the key to the whole thing, but just that was one of the things that stood out.
3: I also think they eventually screwed up the writing for Steven Root. Like one of the most interesting things about his characters, you don't know if Jimmy James is an imbecile or a genius because he'll just come in, say something strange and everything. It was like, was that all his plan all the way around? And they pretty much settled on. He's an imbecile in the last couple seasons, which sucks because he was way more interesting where you're not sure. It's like, yeah, this, this man is either. Yeah. One or the other.
0: Mm hmm. I guess I'm glad I didn't get past season two then because he was still that same kind of, what is he at that point? How far did everybody get, by the way? Did you guys already talk about that?
4: I got uh, I got through season three and then I started watching a couple of episodes here and there. And I started watching, uh, I, got, I got through to the last episode of four. I was going to watch five, but I didn't get a chance to.
3: I kind of did what Pat did, watched into season three and then
2: started jumping around.
0: Like crisscross. Hmm. Mike?
2: Uh, I got through season one, and then all the shows decided to stop playing for me.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> I, remember I remember that now. That was, um,
4: oh, yeah. I forgot to share it. Oh,
2: damn. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. But, yeah. No, I mean, I, I've seen enough that I can just don't throw it to me too often.
0: <laughs> I, right. I mean, I think we all kind of watched it somewhat when it was out. And I, I kind of wish I would have either stuck with it or – jumped around like you did. Cause I wanted to see how they handled Phil Hartman, um, writing his character off the show. Cause I know Lovitz took over, but if you guys didn't already talk about it, did how did they handle that?
3: His character died. Yeah,
0: he did. Okay. Cause I, yeah. I could not remember. I saw it when it was on, but
4: it's like an actual tribute show to him, to him and the character.
0: Yeah. Right. And it really was not the same
3: afterwards.
4: Didn't Lovitz become a regular at that point.
3: He did. And he had already played two character, two different characters previously on the series. Yeah, the
4: the, the
2: jumper. Yeah, or the suicidal guy. Yes. Keep coming back to that, huh? Yeah, back to death.
0: <laughs> I
2: didn't bring it up.
0: <laughs> we can't stay away. from Why is
2: this show so deadly?
0: <laughs> but you know, it, it it held up pretty well. I mean, even though it's a little dated in some of its references, and um, the writing is a little kind of.
4: I don't think Dave Foley would get a lead role now at all. He's got too goofy of a face.
2: <laughs> he had goofy face back then. He's yeah,
4: got, he's got goofy face syndrome.
2: I don't know.
3: I think everybody they had lots of different comic styles that blended very well together. Everyone kind of had their own well-defined character, and that character had their own way of delivering comedy. Whether you are the straight man in a given situation or even Andy Dick's physical comedy, some of it, it started out pretty decent, as much as I like to rag on him because he's a terrible human being.
4: <laughs> I mean, I would say similar similar style for this would be uh, Taxi more than anything, really, as far as just like all the quirky characters working together.
3: Yeah, I think it is much more like Taxi than anything, and it was kind right, of a well, show. You know,
4: let's wrap the show. We're going to start over. We're going to do Taxi in a couple weeks. We'll do...
3: Although it's interesting in uh, reading retrospectives on this, one of the other shows that it's compared to in the same breath it is Parks and Rec. Like Parks and Rec and The Office are very much in the vein of this. Had this come out at a slightly different time, it might have also gotten a different story. People might have remembered it differently.
2: Mm-hmm. I think part of it may have been that I, I, I hate to fall back on the people weren't ready for it, but it seems like if they had tried, let's say, I almost want to kind of recast this for now.
4: Imagine Steve Carell as Bill McNeil.
2: And all of a sudden we're back to the office. <laughs> yeah.
4: He was in the office? Yeah. Oh,
3: just a laugh a minute on this comedy show. Nah, I...
0: I'm just not sure if Fat's joking or not. I know he is.
2: Hey, let's talk about death some more.
0: Okay. I'm good Wait. with it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we can't let this be Peter Pan. It's Parks and Rec we got to get to. Come on. It can't be yeah, Peter Pan. no kidding.
3: Pan. Yeah, no, I'm right. looking for Well, and this show was better than I remember it. Like, I actually laughed out loud, loud quite a bit. I'm glad I went back and watched it because I otherwise never would have. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of feel like, uh, just like everybody else when it was on, I never really gave this show a fair shake. Not that it's perfect. Many of the negative things that I had to think about it were correct, but it was better than I remembered.
4: It it had its moments, definitely.
0: Well, and that's the feeling I had too, Josh, is when when I started to watch it by the third or fourth episode of this first season, I was like, wow, this is much funnier than I remember. And it it seemed like it was better than I was expecting because in my mind, it was just kind of knockoff generic sitcom, but it really felt and flowed differently. It had a much better sensibility to it than I ever remembered it being. And it did stand out.
2: Well, I think that may be part of the reason why it was struggling so much, because it it was out at the same time as Seinfeld, it was out at the same time as Friends, and I think a lot of people back then, um, you know, uh, what was the other one, Uh, uh, Wings, you know, that was another one of those, it's a a standard sitcom, I think when people saw this, they were like, oh, you know, it's Wings, but in a radio station, or it's... Uh, friends, but they're at a radio station. And I don't think I agree with you. I don't think people gave it enough to, enough of a chance when it was out there, and that's why it was struggling so much.
3: I mean, the uh, this was the first sitcom by the showrunner. Uh, Paul Sims was best known for having worked on the Larry Sanders Show.
0: Really? Hmm.
3: And he he came from writing for the Harvard Lampoon, and uh, he was a writer for Letterman. But like, sitcoms were not his thing. And, yeah, he created this. And uh, more recently, he's uh, he's known for Flight of the Concords in Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. like, he's still working. Oh, yeah. And what? he's still uh, producing incredible stuff. Like, uh, I love Flight of the Concords and I've heard nothing but good things about Atlanta.
2: I have to watch Flight of the Concords. I have heard over and over and over again. That this is something that I would dig. But I'm, I don't know. It's like every time I try to sit down and watch, a, watch it, something in the back of my head goes, you need to watch this for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of, one of the other cool things about it is oh, kind of like what we were talking about earlier with the uh, the kids show, they had a lot of walk-ons, a lot of extra characters within oh, yeah. this um excuse me that uh you know that that you now you're kind of like you know y- y- you're astounded by it I' say astounded by it, but okay so for episode uh season two. Uh, one of the episodes had Dennis Miller in it, and then Judd loan loaned his voice. To yeah, he was the, the ball toy that they were playing around with. Right, yeah, he was the ball. Uh, John Ritter, they had Tone Loke, was on one of the
0: shows. Uh, Robert
2: McDonald plays, plays Jimmy's lawyer. Uh huh. Well, Anthrax was on there also.
0: So, uh, John Ritter's character was brilliant. He was a psychiatrist. Mm hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, David
2: a, sex, Cross? Sex psychiatrist,
0: yeah. David Cross was in it.
2: Yep. George Hamilton, known for such classics as Zorro the Gay Blade. Oh, here he goes again.
0: <laughs> and then you've got uh, Tone Loke that was in the the lobby as the...
4: As yeah, the first kid. time he showed up, I, I was like, is that Tone Loke?
2: Yeah. <laughs> throw him in there. Uh, season 3, Scott Adams. Um, You may not know him by name, oh, but... Oh, really? The, the guy who draws Dilbert. Yeah. He was in there. Uh, what did he play? Uh, He was a coffee shop patron, so... He was in.
0: Oh, he, okay. Yeah. But they, I mean, was uh was uh, Dave Foley's ex-girlfriend, or well, soon-to-be ex-girlfriend from Wisconsin.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, one episode has both Ben Stiller and Patton Oswalt. Oh, yeah. And then there's oh. for you, Patrick, Chuck D as himself.
0: <laughs> uh, Bebe Newirth was in an episode mm-hmm. as uh, what's the main? What's her character's name? The girl I can't that, remember. Yeah. Yeah. The quirky girls like. Nemesis, so to speak. Uh, yes. Her her nemesis. Nemesai. Nemesis. Yes.
2: Nemesis Nemesis.
4: <laughs> I think uh, it's I, I think I think it is Nemesai, Josh. I'm
0: mm-hmm. gonna kill you
2: all. <laughs> like I mean, we all knew theme. it was coming, but but no now, There was
0: a lot of people.
2: Yeah, I mean a lot of lot of people that were uh that were on this that just, you know, kind of showed up that are actually something now. Um <laughs> But, yeah, no, it's I think this may be a situation of where the show was initially too too smart. But unfortunately, whatever that guy's name was, that kept trying to screw it over, wound up turning it into getting it dumber and dumber.
0: It, it's kind of a sitcom for sitcom actors. That's what that they all sense. are. Well, no, I mean, that it, it was made for the people that were playing in it. So, like, you know, all the people that were cameos and things like that are people that were friends with, probably, or up and coming or whatever. And it kind of wasn't for the masses, I guess. Right.
4: The
3: big say. audience was apparently like 18 to 25 males, which was at the time not a demographic any of the big networks were interested in.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And now that's just insane. That's like who they go after. Well, no, I agree with you on that one that it seems like a lot of it was, uh, almost in jokes for the cast. Like they're, they're doing what they're doing. Cause it makes them laugh. And yes. If, and if you think it's funny, you just come along for the ride.
0: Exactly. Yes. I agree with that. That's puts what I was trying to say in, in perspective. Yes. I agree.
3: All right. I mean, uh, I think that at this point uh, we're all sort of eager to talk about Parks and Rec, as, as much as we enjoyed News Radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, every moment we're talking about News Radio, we're not talking about Parks and Rec, and that is unacceptable.
0: <laughs>
3: and I agree.
2: So we will. I, I didn't, someone's I gonna didn't die. dislike.
4: I didn't dislike News Radio. I just, you know, I, I didn't think it was anything stellar either. I will save my thumb direction for later.
2: <laughs> Hopefully, after the podcast. <laughs> You, you, know. <laughs> you have thumbs <laughs> we uh, I'll let you know where the they tabs.
4: are after the break
0: we didn't play guess the tabs read the book
2: alright we'll be back in a little bit and we're going to talk about Parks and Rec and your butt alright we are back and we are here to talk about Parks and Rec. came out in 2009, uh, ended in 2015, and uh, it's all about the absurd antics. Is this, is this the IMDb one? Yes, <laughs> it, it must a, be. I, it's a terrible <laughs> description. Uh, it's the abs- a
4: ragtag group.
2: Absurd antics of Indiana town's public officials as they pursue sundry projects to make their city a better place. What the hell, IMDb?
0: What the hell with the picture of the guy on all the characters' faces? (laughs)
2: What? Let's just move on, (laughs) because no one but us can see it. All right. So this stars Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope, Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson. Aubrey Plaza as April Ludgate. Chris Pratt as Andy Dwyer. Aziz Anasari as Tom Haverford. uh, Jim O'Hare as Jerry, Jerry or Larry uh, Gary, Garitch, Gary. Uh Retta as Donna Meagle and Rashida Jones as Ann Perkins. Uh, Adam no, Scott as I was going to say Don't ben. leave those two out. No, no, no. Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt and an astounding Rob Lowe as Chris Traeger
0: Can't stop pooping. Stop pooping.
2: And that episode.
3: Mike
0: Mike has trouble with so many names, but he got Aziz sorry perfect.
3: Yeah, and this was uh, the show that introduced the world to Chris Pratt.
2: Yeah. Yeah, before this, he was literally living in a van. Literally. Yeah. Uh, I think that they, he had in one of the interviews, they said if he had not have gotten this part, he doesn't know what. I mean, he he might as well be dead. He was almost homeless when he... Uh, well,
4: he was about to do the, the Sylvester Stallone and sell his dog.
2: Right. And now he's a guardian of the galaxy. He's guarding our galaxy, and I'm completely fine with that. Absolutely,
4: Star Lord.
2: But yeah, so uh, Parks and Rec, uh, been out for was out for many years. Uh, so the writers didn't know Nick Offerman could already play the saxophone when they made his character, Ron Swanson, a secret saxophone player. Duke Silver, that's fantastic.
4: Uh, just, he literally, pretty much is Ron Swanson. You know, you you switch his political leanings, and that that's the only difference between him and Ron Swanson. Yeah, I mean, this was a man that already had a handmade canoe in his garage when he got cast as Ron Swanson.
0: I I fell in love with that character from Jump Street. But anyway, (laughs) moving on.
2: Yeah, so uh, also Chris Pratt uh, was such a good physical comedian that frequently the writers would just write, Andy does something physical into the script, trusting that he would come up with something in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, and he was supposed to not make it
3: to season two. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, he was supposed to just be the boyfriend uh, that fades into the background, and they're just like, "This guy's awesome. We have to
0: expand his character." Yeah, I left that out of the trivia because I figured it would be kind of obvious, but yeah. Thank,
4: thank goodness.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the whole—I mean—the whole first season with him living in the pit.
4: <laughs> when when she comes down to find him, and the look on his face when he sticks his head out the tent, like,
2: well, "Yeah, what, what, what's up?" <laughs> or when when she sees just his head sticking up out of the hole, and he ducks back down like a meerkat.
3: <laughs> and it's easy to look at this ensemble cast and say there really isn't a weak link. That's because everyone forgets Paul Schneider was ever on the show.
4: Huh? Is that Brandanowicz?
3: That's Brandanowicz.
0: I left him out of it. I left him out of the cast list because he was one below somebody else that was a reoccurring character that wasn't a main character. And I'm like, yeah, we're just gonna leave him
4: out. He's, yeah, he. He was like uh, the, the Jim Krasinski character, you know, without all that charisma in the way.
0: <laughs> I didn't hate him. I just, he was not internal. All right. So
4: uh, I mean, he, was just, he was a very much a less charismatic Jim from the office. I mean,
2: yes. Just... All right. So hey, let's finish up the trivia. got two more things. Yeah. Got the map of Pawnee is actually a flipped version of the map of Muncie, Indiana. Nice. I did not Jerry's know Jerry's
4: favorite place. Uh, <laughs> it's a timeshare there.
2: In reality, the cast and crew all loved working with Jim O'Hare, Jerry, the office scapegoat, and the writers felt so bad about constantly being so mean to his character, and by extension to him, that they gave Jerry the picture perfect home life three beautiful daughters, a beautiful house, and a happy marriage to his wife, Gail, played by Christy Brinkley. Wow. I love the Jerry at home side li- side plot.
0: Like when he has uh, uh, Leslie come in, or she comes over to talk to him, and she comes in for breakfast, and they're singing the song, and then he, like, she drops a coffee cup, and he catches it, and he's like, Oh, you almost dropped it.
4: I mean, he's just a totally different person at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Eggs,
3: bacon, and toast. <laughs> I've seen a lot of Parks and Rec. I've seen every episode at least twice, and most of them three or four times.
4: I have seen that, that all man. Of- has the largest penis I've ever
2: seen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a great way for them to pay him back for all the stuff he has to put up with.
2: Oh yeah, they. I mean, and the amount of crap that he gets. I mean, and it's. I mean, all the way down to like when um uh, when she runs for office, when uh, Leslie runs for office, and at the very end of it, Ron's like, Gary forgot to vote, and it's like even though she won, they're all dogging on him for absolutely no reason.
0: <laughs> but, but then he does get his comeuppance a little bit when he has the episode with uh, um, mm-hmm. Ben, where Ben's trying to surprise Leslie and he spends a day with with uh, Jerry instead.
3: Yeah, I don't want to spoil too much because I know Joel has not quite finished the series. That's OK. Joel won't remember this later anyway. Well, no, there, there's there's some great Jerry stuff coming. Hmm.
2: So uh, as, I know Pat and I have watched all of it. How about you, Mike? I've watched all of it at least once. Um, I know that there was a stretch of time shortly after going to see Guardians of the Galaxy that Parks and Rec was on in the background all the time at my house. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I'm not quite I don't want to say I'm not a super fan. I just the amount of time that it takes. I haven't have not been able to watch as much as you guys do. Well, yeah,
3: and part of it was like there was a time where Joel asked what uh, we all thought was the uh, best comedy uh, I'd ever seen and I gave a different answer. I had not yet finished Parks and Rec. By the time I finished Parks and Rec the first time around, this became in my opinion the best comedy I've ever seen on TV.
2: Well, it almost disappeared once, didn't it? Then weren't they on the like weren't they on the verge of getting canceled? Uh, yes, I believe that is a thing that happened. So I think it was shortly after, like, season one or two, actually. Really early on.
4: Might be why they recast everything. Or or at least the... Yeah, shut up, not recast.
0: Where they retooled it?
4: Yeah, retooled. That's a better way to put Mm. it.
0: Which... Uh
3: That was another one that was almost on the verge of cancellation. Almost every season. Huh.
2: I can't... I can't understand why. It's... I mean, because it's...
0: (sighs) I don't know. It, well,
4: the first season everybody, you know, everybody was like it's too much like The Office.
0: Well, and that was the first thing I told you guys when I started watching it. I'm like this is a very office vibe. And what was funny is I, I was watching an episode I don't know if it's the night before last maybe, and Juliana caught the end of it when she was getting ready to go to bed, and when it was over we're talking before she goes to bed and she's like that is a really has an office vibe to it. And I was like even she picked up on it.
4: I've been showing some of the episodes to my sister. And the other day when um, Lucy pooped in the front yard, I picked it up in a bag and she was sitting out on the porch and I started swinging it like, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's have a dog poop fight. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, don't you dare. Like, it's good enough for Pawnee. It's good enough for us.
0: At first I was like, where are you going with this? And then I remembered the dog poop fight.
4: Yeah. it's <laughs> like, this is actually pretty fun. <laughs>
0: really friggin' ridiculous.
4: Uh, <laughs> well, I love how she's like, "Tom, help me!" And he immediately just runs for the car.
0: <laughs> obviously, this was my first go around, and I made it to episode eighteen of season six. So I'm almost through the entire series. I've got one one ep- or a couple episodes left here, and then season seven to get through. Which um, this season so far has been a little kind of up and down, in my opinion, but. I, I definitely have enjoyed all of it mm. so far.
3: So Yeah, that's kind of where I am. I, I mean, not every single episode is just a gut buster, but I rarely skip an episode. And many series that I've watched multiple times, there are some that I just, I won't watch again. I don't need to see it again. And I can't think of
2: a single one here that I skip. It's, well, it, this shows kind of, is, is that pizza theory. Even the bad ones are pretty good.
4: Yeah,
3: and I think at the core of it, uh, all of the characters genuinely like each other. Even the ones where negativity is kind of their shtick. Mm-hmm. Uh, at their heart, they care about each other and want good
2: things for each other. Um, think Speaking of negativity, Aubrey Plaza in this one, she had tried out for this show and she did her tryout and at the when they were done when they were done with it and she had left they were like all right we don't know what role she's going to play but that girl is going to be in this show they actually wrote in april ludgate just to just for her
3: uh, same thing with uh jerry and uh jim o'hare he tried out for ron swanson and didn't get the part and they're like we, we need this guy on the show
4: which and the, the funny thing about some of the behind the scenes interviews and stuff they the cast always talks about how he is consistently the filthiest guy behind this behind the set. Jerry. Yeah. That's awesome. He would they, they, his jokes were always just the, the the nastiest and filthiest, and yeah, he was always using sexual innuendo and everything. Well,
0: and what's interesting is is Josh had mentioned at some point he's like April's character has one of the best series arcs. Of any sitcom, I believe. I, I
3: think any you can match up against us anything in television. Uh, I'd go beyond sitcom. Hmm. Just her character's so different at the end from
2: where she starts. Yeah, I do have to give it to you. She, I mean, I have to, I have to give that that consistency.
4: I, I, I love too. when you meet her family too. <laughs> like
2: when you meet our her fa- just
4: so so over the top, rosy and cheerful. And,
3: They've got her little nickname Zuzu. Yeah.
4: yeah, and their two daughters are both just these brooding goth chicks.
3: <laughs> so well, Joel, you brought that up. Did you have a, somewhere you were going with that before we grabbed your train and rode it away?
0: <laughs> no, I just I was I just it's been interesting to watch it because as after you said that I've been paying attention to her um, her storyline because you know I was familiar with Rob Lowe and Adam Scott from other stuff, Rashida Jones from The Office. Um, Aziz, I never really cared for, but I knew who he was. Chris Pratt, of course, I, I saw after he'd gotten big. I never was an Amy Poehler fan, but Aubrey Plaza, I've always I've, I've liked her. And so she was one of the reasons I was kind of excited to watch the show. Um, so it's been interesting to watch her transition kind of from point A to point B.
4: Um, I'd, I'd never known anybody knew her before the show.
0: Well, I, since I had never watched the show, I knew her from her film roles because uh, I think the f- first thing I saw her in was uh, life after Beth. And, you know, that's a with the, just from a couple of years ago, but I, uh, you know, I watched, um, uh, safety not guaranteed and, um, she was in monsters university and, you know, she just kind of has popped up in things and I kind of became a fan. And so it's been nice to watch her progression and i don't know if it if it changes more in season seven from where she's at now
4: in season seven she gets bitten by a radioactive spider and becomes a superhero
0: Ooh, yeah that is a big arc what a twist i am curious where season seven is going to go though with the way things have gone here it's like you said they kind of were wrapping everything up at the anticipation that there wasn't going to be another season so i'm very curious to see what happens next so I, start, I kind of wished I would
4: have. Seven starts it. off a little bit rough because there's a little bit of a, of a jarring bit. But yeah, uh, once it gets going though, it's pretty funny.
3: Yeah, I understand. I I think seven, se- seven uh, the seventh season is a little divisive, but uh, like most things lately, when there's a controversial piece of media, I fall on the loved it side of the argument. Hmm.
0: Well, it's only one thing I know about season seven so far, and that's who the mayor is. But that's just because I was, saw it in the trivia when I was looking for trivia to put into the show notes. But that was it.
2: One of the biggest surprises for me when I was wa- watching, going through it, um, Rob Lowe's character just blew me away. Because I, I, I had not seen Rob Lowe for years. You know, I had not I had not been around, you know, not of somebody who was in the forefront of my mind at all. And then suddenly we're going through this and we're watching it and Rob Lowe shows up. I'm like, oh, Rob Lowe, like he is literally the opposite character that I remember him playing for his entirety of the re- previous career. It's like when I was when in the 90s and the 80s and all that, when he was in the movies, you think Rob Lowe was in it and you've got this. Uh, the bad boy, the guy who's going to screw everybody over, and in this one, he is just the nicest freaking guy you've ever met in your life.
0: Yeah, <laughs> He is literally the nicest guy on the planet. Oh, yeah. And it- Scientists
4: believe that the first man who lived to be 150 has already been born. I believe I am that man.
0: <laughs> My body is a microchip. <laughs> Which, just- it's nice that they, again, they kind of got away from that ca- that characterization a bit. Um... I still and love that. He
4: became, became much more human once he and uh, Anne settled into their relationship.
2: Anne Perkins. Mm-hmm. I love how he says everybody's everybody's yeah. full name. No, Anne Perkins, two of my favorite people in Pawnee. <laughs> uh,
3: and when they described the relationship between him and Ben, how when it was just him, he was too nice to everybody and no cuts ever got made. And when it was just Ben. They tried to run him out of town on a rail. Uh
4: Yeah.
0: But But together, it works.
4: And I love how he just keeps going, can we do something about that, Ben? Nope. Oh, too bad.
0: (laughs) I tried. (laughs) I think one of my favorite reoccurring bits in this show is Ben keeps getting rehired at the accounting firm.
3: Oh, that's so good.
0: (laughs) Barney. (laughs) Those characters and that whole thing about, hey, get in here. You got to hear this. It just, oh, it's so perfect. And and that Cones of Dunshire episode that you guys were talking about when he brings, he gives it to him as a going away gift. Uh, I just, it it was spot on. It was very, it was all very funny.
3: So let's talk about some of the characters that people love or hate. And a lot of people hate. I'm kind of curious to hear Joel, the first timers impression, uh, especially of Mona Lisa and Craig.
0: Craig. I've, I've, he, I don't hate him. But he's funny, but I can't quite get a, a read on him yet. Like he just got hired on as the the wine guy for um, Tom's Bistro, and I, I I I definitely am not in the hate him camp. I've enjoyed his characterization. It's just it's so jarring compared to everybody else that it yeah it it works.
4: I, I didn't think he really added much. I didn't think he needed to be there. But I mean, I I didn't think I didn't hate him. He wasn't like Nelly on The Office or anything.
3: The Craig – when Craig first meets John Ralphio, I was
4: just rolling. Yeah, that is a good scene. That might be worth the whole Craig character altogether, that scene.
3: Just uh, John Ralphio is like, you want to go and ride go-karts? And Craig just yells, I want to go horseback riding.
0: (laughs) See, and I think that's what I like about him because I think his heart's in the right place, but he's got all this, like, just constant, like, level 12 anger issues that he just fluctuates between – Puppies and murdering them, you know. It's just like this weird dichotomy that I find funny. Um, whereas Mona Lisa, I love Jenny Slate. Ever since I started watching the Kroll Show, I just She's the worst. But in this show, <laughs> she's the worst. <laughs> I like John Raffio. I he's become kind of a douche more so. But her, I just I can't I can't I'm, I'm I guess
4: John Raffio come dance up on me.
0: Uh, I'm on the no camp for her. She just I. I don't like that character. And I like Jenny Slate. I just, that particular character is not, I'm not really a fan of. Um, I do love uh, Tammy number two, Megan Mullally. She is freaking amazing.
3: And she's the uh, real life wife of Nick Offerman.
0: Which is what makes it even better. Hmm.
4: What are you going to do? Shake your ass? Wear a meat dress? I've done both of those things and I've done them well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about, and then there's Perd Happily.
4: Oh, uh, the question that this interviewer will ask you is coming right now.
0: <laughs> Love purd
4: And he used to be an actual uh, like interviewer, like reporter newsman back in the day before he became an actor.
0: Yep, You heard with Perd. <laughs> Love bird. Uh I, I and-
4: think my favorite uh, tertiary character is uh, Jeremy Jam. You just got jammed.
0: Oh, he's he's the guy that he does that so well, you literally want to punch him in the face.
4: Yeah, he's so good. And like the whole the whole scene when they go to his house and it's all Asian decor, you're like, yes, of course it is.
3: <laughs> but it's Asian decor by a guy who's never met anyone
2: Asian. Mm. Yep. <laughs> when when uh, when uh, she's doing the uh, she's trying to talk the whole time. What is it called? The filibuster. The filibuster. And he's got the gong next to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like well, do you need to use the gong? go oh, don't don't touch my gong. You know, the, the trail <laughs> out is the best part.
3: Oh, and I can't spoil the best Jeremy Jam episode because Joel hasn't seen it yet.
4: Nope.
0: Uh, well then he talks about the uh how he's got the hibachi when he's cooking them breakfast. He's like, I got this hibachi from an actual hibachi grill, five thousand dollars. He's like, I'm gonna make you some Asian style eggs. She's <laughs> like, Just eggs? He's like, but they're so fluffy. Or whatever. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, he's a douche.
2: I'm gonna start doing my hair like him. He's so good, though. Yeah, yeah. I think you should, for sure. I think it may be like that right now.
4: That one, and and then the, when when Ron goes off with uh Tammy one the fir- or Tammy two the first time, comes back with the cornrows
2: and. Oh my god, with his mustache shaved off. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> That's from friction. That's from friction. And then you guys told me about the uh, the Paul Red arc. Oh yeah, I love Paul Red. <laughs> I do, and he just was so incredibly stupid.
2: He, Please, just just drop out. Come on, just drop out. Just drop out. I I think you're so smart. That's why I'm going to vote for you. You're not going <laughs> to yeah, vote. Can't for you can't vote for yourself, can, can? That, you? That's illegal. That's like illegal. <laughs> that, and he's he's Newport. So genuinely just lost continually and when he loses he's like i am so relieved (laughs) bobby newport bobby newport
0: those ads are so mean yeah he he's he plays the uh the spoiled rich kid to the hill
2: yeah he does yeah so Um, out of the main characters who's your who would be your favorite and least favorite
4: like what to hang out with?
2: Yeah. if you, you, you're, You've got to choose your favorite your person you want to most hang out with on the show out of the ones that we've listed named characters to the ones that you, one that you uh, would most want to hang out with.
3: You know, I'm tempted to say Andy Dwyer, but I actually think the most fun to hang out with would be Donna Meagle.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure she'd be hilarious. Treat yeah. yourself. That, that episode... Oh my god! When when Ben Wyatt buys a Batman costume, oh, yeah. Batman's crying. <laughs> <laughs> that whole that whole episode is ridiculous, and she is she is a riot in everything that she's doing because she has this whole her her character just has no no bullshit, no caring about anything going on. Right, because she's clearly too good for this job. Yeah, she's had she is the penultimate, not the ultimate. I've had enough of this shit. She's done with it. Um some of the other best I uh, like interactions I have is when um when Anne I don't know if Anne was dating Chris at the time, but when they all started doing crafts in there and they were spray painting she's uh Ratta spray painted the uh um the M's to make the screens or whatever and (laughs) they are like oh these are spray painted and it's like and these are spray painted nobody eat these and then they cut over to andy and his all around his lips is silver mouth
4: is just all silver
2: (laughs) go throw up right now i didn't hit go throw up right now
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah and the the whole the whole little um half season or whatever when um april and andy are kind of courting each other and you know it's, it's just really well done. She shows up with from Venezuela with a new boyfriend, and and he just befriends him.
3: <laughs> I think least favorite to hang out with me as awesome as she is as an actress, the character of Anne, I don't think would be a whole lot of fun for me to hang
2: out with.
4: I don't. I wouldn't want to hang out with Chris Traeger just because there's no way I would eat and exercise as much.
2: As <laughs> but but he wouldn't. He wouldn't make you eat and exercise. He would just make you feel really good about yourself. Yeah, but I mean,
4: if you hang out with a guy like all day and all he's doing is eating healthy and running and exercising, at some point you start feeling like a big ball of shit.
0: No, You're that's why I don't ball.
4: hang out with people that exercise.
0: You're not a big ball of shit, Pat.
4: Well,
2: says you. Yeah, that's why he lives in Texas.
0: <laughs> um, what? Huh? Well, I, I, uh, of course, my my Pat answer is I want to hang out with with Ron Swanson just because. I just love the characterization so much.
2: I think um, I think Ron Swanson would make you cry. This Probably. is my
0: guide
4: to being a ranger. Step one. Be a man. I wrote uh, it myself.
0: But Tom Haverford would drive me nuts because he's just the quintessential guy that I just it's the opposite of me. I just I couldn't tolerate that for too long. <laughs> His personality. Not the not a C's. But the actual character.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you cut deep enough, you will find that Tom has a heart of gold. But on the surface, which is a lot of his personality, he's got that self-serving, swag, Mm -hmm.
4: bullshit.
3: Yeah, it would be pretty hard to deal with.
0: It's like when What's-Her-Name, I forget, this was a recent episode, I've been blowing through them so fast that I I don't remember when it was. But when they gave him uh, like a cologne for his watch or something like that. I was like, "What the hell?" And he knew what it was and was excited about it. I'm like, "That's not somebody <laughs> when, I want hang out."
4: I like with. when he's going through all his ideas. He's like, "He's like cologne for babies. Baby, you smell good."
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, I like I with the with the whole um Aziz with Tom Haverford is the one where he gets into the traffic accident where he hits the uh, fire plug.
4: Oh my god, that's so good! <laughs> when they're reading the transcript of the 911 call.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Please read the next one. I've smashed into a fire plug. Holy cats. It's like, (laughs) allegedly. (laughs) But when he makes, when when Ron takes him out to the middle of nowhere to uh, to, to purge him of all the screen stuff, and then finally he's he's like, just talk. Get everything you do out of your system. And by the end of it, he's like, stop talking. We should just stare at the fire and not speak.
0: Well, okay. Then here's a question for you guys. Who which character you do you most closely relate with? Uh, who would be your character if you were on the show? Huh. And it could be tertiary characters too, not the core people, cuz there's a lot of different people.
3: I'm Ben. Unfortunately. <laughs> the the good and the bad that comes with it, unfortunately.
2: Oh, come on. I like Ben.
3: I like Ben too. I just don't like the fact that I I be I'm a little closer to Ben than I think I'd like to admit.
4: And I kind of hate to admit it, minus the like overly manly stuff. I'm Ron Swanson. I pretty much just don't want to be fucked with, you know. I'm like, <laughs> Everybody just do your jobs and leave me alone.
0: I'd <laughs> say that's, that's accurate.
4: Yep.
2: I don't know. I haven't. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of one that I most identify with. And I almost want to say I almost want to say Andy, but only if you merge it a little bit with Jerry. Jerandy? Andy. Drandy.
0: see and i'd like to think minus the uh the way that his character started that i would fall under a a ben wyatt type of character but sometimes on the show i feel like i feel like a jerry
2: yeah (laughs) well that and you have a huge penis yeah there's that
0: right but I, i don't have a beautiful wife and i do have two beautiful kids but yeah anyway but, yeah, I feel I feel like Terry's probably closest to me. But I'd like to think I'm more of a Ben overall in real life.
4: I don't think anybody is a Leslie because that is such a hard person to be.
0: Right. And that's the
3: thing is uh, we kind of skipped over when we were talking about Craig. I think he is the answer to the question of what if someone cared more than Leslie does?
4: <laughs> but was not able to carry out any of her –
3: Right.
4: Hmm. One of her biggest strengths, honestly, and and it's something that just kind of, you know, is just thrown out at one point, but she only needs like three to three and a half hours of sleep a night. And the rest of the time, she is just going balls to the wall 100%. So that's 20, 20 to 24 hours or 20 to 21 hours a day she could put into being Leslie.
3: Yeah. And her hobbies are work.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, and what's funny is, is we've spent a lot of time talking about everybody else in the show, but she really is the lead, essentially.
4: not even essentially she's the lead
0: but we haven't even discussed her
3: character at all and she's great i mean i was not an amy polar fan before this show but like i i am a leslie fan
4: and and the problem with with you know it's a great character but it's a very unrealistic character so it's hard to be relatable because she's such a caricature but she drives the show because she's the engine
0: Yes, everything. Mm-hmm. It, she's kind of like the the sun, and everything is kind of going around her, doing its thing, while she's just continually, you know, Like I said, engine is a good way of describing it. She's just constantly moving, but everybody else is kind of popping in and out of her orbit. And it is, it's a great character, and even she has a a pretty good arc because in the beginning of the show, she's kind of dumb but has a good heart and is it, just kind of there. But then. And over the course of the show even she becomes more uh, she has her own arc. I I'm trying to think of how to describe it, but No, she and definitely they're,
4: does. They're, I mean really truly, you know, like like you talk about uh, earlier Josh, you know, um, Aubrey Plaza's April Ludgate having the best one of the best character arcs. I think one of the best character relationships in all of sitcoms is the Ben Wyatt Leslie Nope relationship. It's just they're so perfect for each other and just watching the two of them go through their ups and downs and when, and the scene when they finally, you know, they finally get engaged. I mean, that's a it's a very touching scene.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I like it when she takes the uh, pills that are meant to keep Israeli pilots awake and she's <laughs> I know I'm talking to you right now, but all I see is a giant crab. <laughs> Don't pinch me.
4: Or, yes. or, or the, the one where she has the flu and she goes and and just completely snaps into ultra reality and just perfectly focused for the entire thing she has to say. And as soon as she's done with her speech, she, you know,
0: when they start asking her questions (laughs) and she loses it. Yeah.
4: When she tries to go up and starts talking to the painting.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I'm Leslie monster. I love that bit. Yeah. Flip season is so great.
4: Yeah. But my favorite episode is probably the one with, with snake juice, the fight.
0: Well, I keep trying to figure out what it was about it because they don't really – or I missed it. What exactly it is that causes them to get so completely off the rails? I mean everybody that drank it was just like
3: gone. Well, I think it's like 80% alcohol and the rest of it is just sugar.
4: Yeah, and, and the fact that it's so, so delicious, they just kept drinking it. I mean Andy even makes reference at one point to the fact that he drank at least 10 shots.
3: And then Chris shows up and tells you "It's like, this stuff is poison. It will literally kill you. <laughs> I
4: don't
0: know if I have a favorite episode. I mean, it, like I said, I've only been through where I'm at now. Um, but I'm glad that you, I finally had a chance to watch it because I, I, it would have been on my radar at some point. I mean, at some point it, it was something I wanted to see, um, but I, I really have enjoyed it and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of it.
3: Yeah, and this wasn't so much you were resisting it as you hadn't gotten around to it yet. And uh, this was sort of the cattle prod so that uh, we could share something that we all love so much with you.
0: Yeah, and it got me to it definitely got me to sit down and watch it. And I, I, I was interspersing, uh, doing one episode of one, one episode of the other, and going back and forth. <laughs> By the end of season two of NewsRadio, I'm like, okay, I'm going full. Parks and Rec.
2: <laughs> this is one of those shows that you can toss on the... Um on Netflix and just let it run while you're doing whatever.
4: I I, I love the one, uh, just thought of the one scene where Jerry, you know, the, the, she writes the book on Pawnee and they're talking about the gotcha moment. You know, there's a moment of mistruth in here and Jerry goes running around the whole state, comes back at the very end. All right, I'm going back to the other half of the state. I did all this. And they're like, okay, no, keep going. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nobody bothers to tell him.
3: Or the disaster drill where he doesn't know it's fake and he runs off, Gail!
0: <laughs> and no one tells him. Or his poor fart attack. Oh,
4: God. I mean, it's like one of those things where a lot of times I feel like they went a little too far with the making fun of Jerry. But, I mean, sometimes it was comedy gold. But, I mean, at least he gets the redemption.
3: Well, and he's not even the character that gets dumped on the hardest because Kyle at the shoe shine stand, at one point, Jerry oh, even dumps on Kyle. Oh,
4: God, yeah. Kyle. Poor Kyle. And Kyle never gets redemption. He's like, you've only done half one shoe? And then he just dumps the Pepto-Bismol on it. There, no, I haven't done any of your shoes.
0: Well, and the one I was just watching, he, Chris is like, I can keep, or Andy Dwyer's like, you know, I can keep secrets. I didn't tell anybody about Kyle's wife cheating on it. He's <laughs> like, It's like Andy. Uh, That literally just happened.
2: One of the one of the great sets or uh, uh, kicks that they have in this one is whenever they have a public meeting.
4: Oh God! Yeah, the public forums.
2: Oh, the public forums are ridiculous. I want to put (laughs) I want to put Twilight into the (laughs) into the time capsule. (laughs) Topless Park. Topless Park. (laughs)
0: Or the guy that runs the pawn shop? Oh my god, he's so skeezy.
4: Yeah, sewage <laughs> uh, so Joe.
0: That mm. Sends his penis to everybody. Uh, or the
4: one. <laughs> I word.
3: also love how they handled Chris Pratt suddenly getting into great shape to play Star Lord and then having to disappear.
2: Oh, we about one of the best exchanges in the entire show. Yeah, with him and Ben, where Uh
3: Ben's just like, yeah, you lost a lot of weight. He's like, yeah, I just quit drinking beer. How much beer did you
2: drink? (laughs) I know, right? And and that's the best thing is that they do that and then just leave it there. (laughs) There's no other explanation needed.
4: The whole training scene, though, when he's training to be a cop, and he just ends up taking all his clothes off and laying on the track.
2: (laughs) 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 Everything hurts. And then uh, Tom has the uh, electric car repainted to look like uh, Fast and the Furious.
0: Well, and one of my Andy favorite Andy bits is when the, he's over in London and Peter uh Serafinowitz is him and those two are interacting. I just love that whole sequence of events. Oh,
2: with the with remote control helicopters.
0: Yes, just the way that <laughs> they, they talk to look each other. To
3: ben,
2: like Ben,
3: can we get ice
0: cream? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that whole scene. The, the whole bit between the two of them just it was hilarious.
4: When, when he goes and he dumpster dives to get away from April looking for him, <laughs> he sticks his head up, Hey, 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 April, what's up?
2: <laughs> and then the second time when he leaves again, when he drives away for the second time, he gets out, jumps back in. No, I think I left my wallet in here. <laughs> now, that uh, one of the legendary things about this show is also Chris Pratt's outtakes. The yeah. one the one that I love the most has got to be I forget which episode it is, but it's the one where Leslie is supposed to open her front door and Andy's supposed to be standing there naked and they kept doing this doing the shot over and over again because the directors didn't like her reaction to it. And in in one of the interviews, Chris Pratt says, so I turned to I turned to the uh, the team, which was the guy running the boom mic and I said, should I strip down? And he just gave him the thumbs up. So he's, should I
4: just go full on?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is that when they got the, the, yeah. the reaction? So he's, the
2: reaction that they used in that's the actual what episode. They used, yep, so he stripped down. They threw it open. That's the reaction that they used. And he's like, and the next day, I got a letter from the station saying, never do that again. Because <laughs> apparently people have to sign waivers and be able to not see it. And that sort of thing. But some of the other outtakes of him, I mean, like the... Uh, the one where they're, they're talking about the comeback stories. Oh
4: yeah, everybody loves a good comeback story.
2: I mean, Biscuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has just the, the ability, or when when he uh, with the briefcase, the one I'll take where he jumps yeah. over. The,
4: That's his, not something that props can fix.
2: <laughs> it's where he takes on the entire set because he throws a briefcase at the at the uh, light switch. Yes, and he actually broke the MacBook Pro and the light switch. Oh God. <laughs> I didn't know he broke the MacBook.
0: Yes. Uh, I I think we've uh, gotten to the point where we're just doing... Remember that one episode? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. We're
3: just throwing out references at this point. I think you guys can tell if you're still listening that we love this show. And if you haven't seen it, you really should.
2: Yeah.
4: Very quotable.
2: So let's do thumbs up, thumbs down. News Radio. Uh, for me, I,
3: it was a thumbs up, a surprised thumbs up, and of course, yeah, nice.
4: Pat, I expected to not like it, and I I didn't hate it, so uh, thumbs up,
0: cool. Joel, yep, same thing. I uh, I remember watching it when it was on, and I wasn't sure how it was gonna hold up, but it's thumbs up.
2: Yeah, I'm in. The, I'm in the same one. I was expecting it to. I for so many times where we watch something, and we're like, hey, I remember watching this and loving it as a kid, and Oh, and then you watch it again, and you're like, "Ugh, there obviously was something wrong with me."
0: We're on fire, <laughs> right?
2: Uh, no, I liked it. Thumbs up, and for Parks and Rec, also obviously, thumbs up. I think is across the board for all of us. Yeah. So, so Josh, what are we doing next week? Or rather, what are all of us except you doing next week?
3: Yeah, you guys are talking about uh, Speed Racer.
2: Here he comes.
4: Oh. Now.
3: So, yeah, if you want to give us your thoughts on Speed Racer or maybe you have a favorite episode of Parks and Rec, uh, favorite character we didn't get to talk about, you'd like to say something about, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727.
2: Right. And if you're looking for our older stuff, you can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Top Podverse FM, and all those other places. And, uh, yeah, for next week, I think at least two of us are super excited about this.
0: Pat knows the entire lyrics to the theme song. so. You don't? I, I don't. I'm ashamed of you. I know, right? And I expect somebody to leave a voicemail about Orin, because we didn't talk about him.
2: <laughs> don't look at him.
0: All right. Oh, Orin
3: versus Chris Traeger,
2: <laughs> So great. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next week. Mouse rat. Oh, shit. I completely forgot about mouse Rat.
4: <laughs> Foresk. You're your 5,000
3: candles in the wind.
4: We're, we're named Three Skin. We used to be named Four Skin, but our drummer quit.
0: It's no Johnny Karate.
3: Instructions unclear. Chap, step, click, clip to balls. Wow, it's really hard to say chapstick clipped quickly
2: to balls. That's even better. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With
4: family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed
0: up in the family business.
4: Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday.